I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, once again at Nutmeg Post with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Nice. Yeah, okay. Our guest this week is a writer, musician, comedian, and one of the most prolific and versatile actors of the last 40 years. Notable movies include Young Doctors in Love, Clue, Earth Girls Are Easy, Coneheads, Best in Show, The Brady Bunch Movie, A Mighty Wind, and one of the most revered comedies of all time, This is Spinal Tap. He's also made his mark in dozens of television shows, including Dream On, The X-Files, Smallville, Family Tree, and the current sensation, Better Call Saul. You want more? He's also a talented songwriter who composed several of Spinal Tap's non-hits, as well as the Oscar-nominated A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow from A Mighty Wind. Please welcome the only man alive who might do a better Vincent Price than I do, our pal Michael McGeehan. Gilbert, that's a beautiful <laughs> intro. Yeah. I can't possibly live up to that. <laughs> welcome, Michael. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Now, now I should start out by confessing something. Right. I have never seen This Is Spinal Tap. Is it true? Yeah. Huh. Blasphemy. And and see, the problem is, I I went a certain amount of time without seeing it, and everyone tells me how great it is. So now I know I can't see it because now nothing can live up to that. <laughs> I know, I know. That's true. Well, then skip it. Gil. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. Everybody well, else likes the shows. <laughs> Can we talk about <laughs> talk about anything else? Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> sure, you, caught, you caught that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, that I saw. That's more his era, well, Michael. You, you know that you weren't overhyped on how good that was. <laughs> <laughs> now you you and and David Lander yes invented those characters yeah. years before. Yeah. Yeah, we went, we met at uh, college in 1965 at uh, what is now Carnegie Mellon. At the time, it was Carnegie Tech. It was before the Mellon money. Once they were sure we were out of there, they they started endowing it. But uh, yeah, we met and we were on we were actors together and uh, acting school and uh, teenagers and uh, you know. <laughs> Drugs were consumed. What can I tell you? <laughs> but we got to, you know, we just smoked a little pot and we got a little silly and we created those characters along with many others. And David had a, a persona he did, which was kind of a, a you know, a heartless showbiz talk show persona guy. And uh, but we also had these two uh, two guys that were kind of based on guys that we went to school with. And we uh, we made people laugh. And uh, we thought, well, there's nothing commercial about these guys. But nine years later, Penny had this show. Penny Marshall had this show. She was a pal. She said, mm, maybe you should hire those guys as writers. We were at the time, uh, David and Harry Shearer and myself were known as the Credibility Gap. And we were a uh, satirical outfit. Did a lot of satire on the news on the radio and live. And uh, so they hired the three of us to write on the show. 
And uh, said, maybe we'll work those characters in. So we worked ourselves into the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we said, boy, is this easier than writing. And so, uh, yeah, so we stayed. Didn't you guys do it at a party? At, at Rothman yeah, and Gans, yeah. the creators of the show, or right. you were Rob, asked to do it at a party? Well, Rob Reiner and, and uh, Penny Marshall were married at the time, and uh, there was a celebratory party because Penny had sold the show. You know, Penny and, and her, her, her uh, brother, Gary Marshall, and uh, Mark Rothman, Rothman and Lowell Gans, who were uh, writers on Happy Days, uh, they said, we're going to spin these two characters off. Of Laverne and Shirley, so they got it. That got a go ahead from ABC, but they didn't have any supporting cast. So they figure, well, hire these guys and let's do it. So we did this, did the characters at a party. We did a piece that we'd never done before or since, and we got some laughs. And they said, okay, good. And that's so strange because that's like uh, the two thousand year old man started yeah. at those parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You got to be careful what you do at a party. Yeah. <laughs> you might wind up doing it for, well, 40, 50 years mm-hmm. now. Now, we get to the part I really want to know. I heard around that time uh, Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams hated each other. No? No, no they never did. Uh, Cindy did not have a great relationship with the writers. Yeah. Um, they didn't know how to write for her. They knew how to write for Penny because Penny was like a kind of a Borscht Belt comic. I mean, she's a wisecracking, you know, her character was, was easier to write, just yeah. shtick. But no one could decide on how to do Cindy, and Cindy didn't quite know how, what to tell them. So that was really where the, the rub was, you know. Um, they never had a serious falling out. You know, the last, uh, my theory personally, is that every show is on the air for one year too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You look at the last seasons of almost any show, even a show that's that's beloved, and it's a very rare one that doesn't have a crap last season. Now, what what was wrong with the last season? Because I noticed that a lot of shows fall apart. Well, Cindy got pregnant. Cindy got married oh. to Bill Hudson. She got pregnant. Um, <clears throat> so there was we're going to have to shoot around Cindy. But Penny also wanted to get started as a director, as a film director. So she had like seven out of 13 or whatever the, her deal was. I was out of there because I had a very specially designed uh, clause that Gary Marshall and I hammered out. And I said, look, we've been trying to sell this movie, Spinal Tap. Maybe you've heard of it, Gil. Um, <laughs> and if, if we get a buy on that, then I'm out of here. And Gary said, yeah, okay. You know, thinking, boy, this kid hasn't got a prayer. <laughs> no, but he's he's always been a big supporter of mine. And uh, and so I was not there for most of it. So for a lot of that last season, it was David as Squiggy. It was the great Phil Foster as, oh, yeah. as uh, Laverne's dad. And um, Eddie uh, Mecca. Eddie Mecca and, yeah. and Betty Garrett. And, and La- neither Laverne nor Shirley were in a ton of those last shows and last, it just kind of fell apart. Now, you know, they want to keep things rolling so they have a bigger syndication package. But, um, you know, a big package isn't the whole deal, as any woman <laughs> will tell you. Now, I'm sure you do a Gary Marshall imitation. I, you know, I, everybody does. Uh, my Gary Marshall is no better than anyone else. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, you know, just... What I, the thing about Gary that he would, he would do, if he had bad news for you, David and I tried to spin the show off, uh, spin our characters off. And we wrote, a, um, we wrote a pilot and we submitted it and Gary had to break the news to us. So what Gary would do if he had bad news, for, he probably still does it, if he had bad news for you, he would eat while he was doing it. He would, 
He would bring like something sad, like a little cupful of jello or something. And I just no, we they think they looked at it. They thought it was really funny, but and he's eating while well, he you just your heart breaks. So you can't get mad at the guy. He did that to us twice. Both times we knew something was up when he came into our trailer with food. We know that's not good news. Do I have this right, Michael? Why did you? Was it was it David that referred to Lenny and Squiggy as Bizarro Fonzie? Or it was the amyl nitrate twins? Amyl nitrate twins. That's what David called <laughs> yeah. them, yeah. Because if the, if the plot was going, getting a little little slow. I see. They just kind of lower us. <laughs> they would lower us from the ceiling like Groucho's duck, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarro Fonzie. I don't know. That's pretty good. I never heard Yo, that. Yo, you didn't hear that no. before? Now, you, you've worked with and are friends with Harry Shearer. Yeah. Now... Uh, Paul Schaefer has said to me more than once, he said, you know, uh, Giller, uh, Harry Shearer hates you. He just, <laughs> he, he just hates you. Why would he volunteer that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so, so he unkind. Goes, he, he totally. Well, look. You can't mention it. Let me put it this way. Yeah. If Harry Shearer hates you, don't feel special. <laughs> okay? I'm not going to go into this. I mean, I'm, I, it's he's a very complicated guy, and uh, you know, we were we met forty five years ago, and we worked together in a lot of different things, and uh, you know, hey, I'm not, I am not, I'm not going to go down that but road. He, but he had a perfectly good reason, Gil. Well, I, I think on, on my Michael. season of Saturday Night Live, right after yeah. the original cast left. <laughs> Uh, everyone had to come out and introduce themselves in a funny way. Right. And Charlie Rocket says, hi, I'm Charlie Rocket. I'm kind of the new Chevy Chase. And one, and then I'm Joe Piscopo. I'm sort of a new Dan Aykroyd. And my, my bit was, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I'm kind of a cross between John Belushi and... And that guy who did the imitations who nobody remembers. <laughs> Great. But you didn't write that. We were just, you were just doing your line. Yes. But, but he, he uh, hates you, Gilbert. Well, look, you know. <laughs> By the way, was Harry and Abbott and Costello go to Mars? Yes, he was. Pretty cool. He was wow. In, he was in two features as a kid. Abbott and Costello, goes, <laughs> Abbott and Costello go to Mars and The Robe. Oh, he's in The Robe. That's oh, right. I knew that. He's the little yes. crippled boy. And he's worked with Jack Benny. Worked with Jack Benny a lot, yeah. He was also the original Eddie Haskell in right. the pilot of That's Leave right. it to Beaver. But he kind of, he was already 15 or something and off to college. He was, you know, very, he was a prodigy. And you met Harry in the credibility <clears throat> gap. So, yes. let you, so if I got the chronology of this right, you went to school with David and then it's, and then. You went were, to school with David at, at, uh, at Carnegie and then I right. went to, I was at NYU for two years, which is where I met Chris Guest. And Leopold. And Leopold. Yeah. And uh, Tom Leopold, uh, former podcast guest, that's I'm give him a shout out. Yeah, uh, and uh, my 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 good friend and um, funny man. Yes, indeed. And then I went off to California and I worked with the Credibility App and I met Harry there and and David and uh, a guy named Richard Beebe, who's right. no longer with us, but he was a very funny man. I've been listening to Credibility Gap stuff on uh, on YouTube. Really? Yeah, what, what you can, can you find see? it. Oh, oh yeah, you can find the Carson sketch. Yeah, that's there's pretty a great good. Johnny Carson yeah. sketch. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I think I had the album on vinyl. It's possible. I think there were two a great albums. Great gift idea. Great gift idea. I think I had. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah well, it was released originally by Warner Brothers, and then we we bought the master and put it out uh, combined with a, uh, a, a, a another disc of our um, Rose Parade coverage. Right. And it started, if I have this right, credibility gaps. It started as a as a radio yeah. act, and then eventually you guys started doing live stuff. Live stuff. Yeah. Actually, yesterday was the forty sixth anniversary. I happen cool. to know because it was George Harrison's birthday of um, the first time we did a, did the the act live at the Long Beach at Long Beach State. That's cool. There's okay. a little tribute online that you've probably seen of Weird Al, who also did this show. Talking about it's on YouTube. Talking about how how he was influenced by the credibility gap. Oh, I didn't know that. And playing a little selection. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you were talking about, and I remember them uh, from uh, TV around that time. Was the Ace Trucking Company? Sure. George Memoli, Fred Willard, right? Billy Saluga, and Mike Mislove. How about that? And do sometimes you, a girl. Do a Billy Saluga. Billy Saluga invitation. comes up on this show all the time, Mike. I, I don't do a Billy. <laughs> well, uh, you can call me Ray, <laughs> or you can, can call, call me Jay, <laughs> but you don't have to call me Johnson. You doesn't have to. You call doesn't have to call, to call me Johnson. Me That's Johnson. It. You know, Billy, Billy, Bill Saluga is still around. We should we, we should call get him, him on. We should get him on the show. Well, actually, I the, the credibility gap, the three of us. And two members of the Ace Trucking Company went out together because Mike, Mike Mislove and Billy left the act. And Fred Willard uh, and George Memoli, they still had – they were still contracted to do um, three gigs in the Midwest. So they hired us and we did Ace Trucking Company pieces and Gap pieces. We did um, Mr. Kelly's in Chicago. We did the Summerfest in Milwaukee. And we did a dinner theater in Valparaiso, Indiana. <laughs> wow. Those three gigs. <laughs> wow. And that's where I got to know how strange Fred Willard oh, really yeah, is. Oh, your first exposure yeah. to Fred. Oh, oh please. my God. Please talk. Okay, here's an anecdote. <laughs> 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 um, if Fred Willard is checked into a hotel room that is too near the elevator, he will go downstairs and try to get another room because the bell when the bell, you know, when oh, okay, yeah. it drives him insane. So if they don't, if they can't change his room, he will take his little toolkit that he travels with and disconnect the bell, disconnect the <laughs> wires to the bell. I love that. And he said that more than once, he's had to disconnect the bell on the floor above and the floor below. <laughs> I love that. Because he was just too sensitive. The shorter story is Martin Mull's summation of Fred Willard's mind, which is, Fred doesn't use his turn signal. <laughs> That's great. That great? A very sweet guy. I had the, 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 the oh, pleasure of meeting him once awesome. or twice. And he couldn't, oh my God. He couldn't be more no. genuine. One of the sweetest Down men to I've Earth. ever known. Do I have, did I dream this? Why do I remember Patty Deutsch being in the, Patty uh, Deutsch in the was, trucking company? Yes, she the was. Trucking company. And there was another girl. Remember named... Patty Deutsch, Gilbert, with the red hair from the I, game I, shows? Oh, yes. Yeah. She was always on Match Game. And, yeah. yeah. There, she was one of... of um, two different women who worked with them. But a lot of times it was just the four guys. I barely remember. Yeah. Now, now you worked with, and I guess our friends with uh, Paul Benedict. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. He comes Paul, up on the show, too. Yeah. Who people remember from best, <clears throat> from the Jeffersons, right. as their very, right. very British next-door neighbor. Yeah. And... Uh, here's the story I heard about Paul <laughs> well, Benedict. Tell him what Liam got. Go ahead. That one time, you know, he's a big guy, 
very tall and like, you know, cartoonish looking. Yeah. And I heard he was doing a play and they said, someone here wants to talk to you. He was in the audience and he figured, oh, he wants an autograph or something. And the guy said, comes up to him and goes, yeah, hi, I'm a doctor and I was looking at you on stage and I think you have acromegaly. Yeah. You know this story. Well, I, no, I don't know the story, but I, I, I do know that, that that is something that he was diagnosed with. Yeah. Or, or, or you yeah. know, there was a... Because th- people with agromegaly, well, we always bring up Rondo Hatton as an right. extreme. They, they always have, like, they're very tall mm-hmm. and everything's, you know, exaggerated. Extensive they're, jaw. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Their hands and feet are yeah. giant and... That's that may that may be. I never got the the, the solid answer on that. He Can was a you, very funny man. Funny Could guy. Could you do a Paul Benedict imitation? <laughs> well, you wouldn't recognize it though. Yeah. I mean, I do know this that he was very soft spoken, and I was working with somebody. And he goes, "Yes, he's he's a very good singer. He can't act for shit, can he?" <laughs> gentleman. You know, very sweet gentleman. Uh, yeah. And had you seen Spinal Tap, Gilbert, <laughs> yeah. you would know that he has a wonderful small role in now, the, in the picture. I heard, too, that surprised me, because he, he's always doing that English accent right. and everything, and that he's American. He's from Massachusetts, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And great in The Goodbye Girl as the crackpot director. Fabulous in yeah. The Goodbye Girl. Really, yeah. almost steals the movie. Yeah. Funny man. Now, you're in all of those uh, Christopher Guest movies, except which one are you not in? I'm not in Waiting for Guffman. That one I saw. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've got such good taste. (laughs) You knew instinctively the one to see. I think that's sweet. No, it's a very funny movie. It is indeed. Like what what gets me about those movies yeah. is, you know, they're old comedies and yet there is something so tragic about all of the people, all the characters in those movies. Yeah. There's this, an element of, well, bless their heart. They are trying so yes. hard. Yeah. And it's also uh, uh, Chris's films or, or three of them, three, three out of the four, I think, anyway. There's this sense of a very small world that these people exist, a small bubble, and they're all kind of vying to be the star in a way. They're all kind of vying to be to, – to rule that that little tiny world. Yeah, like, you know, like the dog like show. Like the dog so. show, yeah, yeah. yeah. or and that cor- one quirky. play yeah, that they're exactly. doing. Yeah, and-, and even, you know, even A Mighty Wind, which is about, you know, the world of folk music – you know, in 2003, that was a pretty small world, yes. you know, and it was about the, the survivors. There's all these guys kind of surviving and they're all kind of there's this internecine you know, competition among them. Who's who's top dog and, uh, you know, as much as in the dog show. So. And all those characters are very sadly delusional. Yeah. Or yeah. Happily delusional. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's part of the fun of it. I mean, that's I a little so thread yes. with, with Chris's yeah. work. And- yeah. There's a, even people who are kind of hopeless. There's, there's, I think there's an affection for them. Especially you know, Corky in, in, in Guffman. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's yeah. The, he's as, the, as absurd as he is, yes. he's also sort of adorable. He's lovable. Yeah, exactly. Very lovable. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you saw that one, huh, Gil? Yeah, that one. He's yeah. actually, he's holding out on you, Michael. He's seen Best in Show in my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it's not a prerequisite. We can have a conversation <laughs> without you having seen all of my shit. Did you see Young Doctors in Love? Uh, yes. You did. I just yes. saw a, a shot from that the other day. I thought, no way was I ever that young. Oh, that's or scary. just blonde. had so much blonde hair. My God. Yeah, that was not too long after Laverne and Shirley. That was while it was Ga- still going on. Gary really. Marshall's first uh, first directorial. First yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. With Hector Elizondo, <laughs> who's turned up in every one since. That's right. His good luck charm. Well, it's his good luck charm, and also he's a really good basketball player. Is he? Yeah. So Gary and Gary values him for both. I've, I don't know whether he still is, but I mean, I've heard thirty that years ago about Gary Marshall that he's, all of his cast and the people he chooses play basketball jocks. with him. Yeah, and softball. Uh, Happy Days had a very serious, very humorless basketball uh, <laughs> baseball team. You know, they're lovely people, but uh, you know, with with certain exceptions, they were all really kind of serious jocks. And uh, Henry, we Henry. weren't. We were right next door. We were terrible. We were. They were the Stepford cast. <laughs> they just. They just hit their marks and said their lines, and they were just awesome. And we were such a pain in the ass. And I remember the first and last time we spoke. Yes, it wasn't a screening for her uh, <laughs> no. Spinal Tap. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was at when they still had politically incorrect. It's the Bill Marzel show. Yeah. yeah, and we were all playing historical. No, <laughs> I'm still not sure it was a great idea. No, but it no. was pretty funny. I thought. It was... I guess it came out well. Yeah, and you were Napoleon. Yeah, and I was Freud, and Rod Steiger was Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You guys did politically incorrect with Rod Steiger. With Rod Steiger. I, yeah. Sorry to miss that. Well, he was he was interesting because he was and we were kind of looking for jokes and everything. And Rod was like looking to invade Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying very he was a very hard ass Mussolini. Oh, that's this was not a minor league Mussolini we were saying. Yeah, Steiger wasn't one of those, hey, let's goof around and have some fun. <laughs> no, he was <laughs> Hard, but he was great. And the first thing I told him, I said, "I got to tell you, your portrayal of Mister Joy Boy in the Loved One oh, yeah. is a great comic. It is performance. It is. And he didn't do a lot of comedies. You know, he was a wonderful yeah. actor, but he didn't do a lot of. Com- and this was like a <laughs> seriously creepy. Trying to think of him in another comedy later, like Mars Attacks and stuff like yeah, that, but yeah, not, yeah. but not much. No, we no. like No Way to Treat a Lady, which is sort of a black he comedy. Is, he's funny in that. Yeah, he's actually funny in yeah. that. But it's yeah. It's dark. Boy, he comes up a lot on this show, doesn't he? Oh my Rod God! Rod Steiger. Yeah. yeah, his 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 widow is uh, I get apparently just written a book. Oh my God! So maybe which, we'll, which widow? Maybe <laughs> I his, think his the, la- oh, I guess I'm going to say yeah, I think yeah, the gets to be a widow. Yeah. Well, his first wife uh, wound up married to Philip Roth. Uh-uh. I didn't know that. Yeah, Claire Claire Bloom. That that's the name I was trying to remember of his wife. I knew there was one Claire Bloom. Yeah. yeah, very beautiful English actress. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Spinal Tap that Gilbert will relate to, okay. even though he didn't see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of our early Could guests. Did you spell that for yes, me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was spelled differently yeah. when it first started, right? It right. was uh, spinal tap with a Y. Yeah, with a Y. <clears throat> that was yeah. one of the one of the things we thought about. Yeah, you know? when you got the law, the the didn't didn't you get a gift recently from Chris? From Christopher well, when I Cass? opened, I I took over for Harvey Firestein in, in hairspray ten years, eleven years ago, and uh, as an opening night gift, I got a framed picture. I had seen it before, but it was a piece of notebook paper 
that where they were we were jotting down all these names of the you know these prospective names for the band that we were going to do and this was before it was a movie it was a sketch on a uh, a show called the TV show I which, remember it yeah which uh, Leopold was a writer on that he show was, he was he was also very funny in that show yeah and Harry Shearer and and Chris it was, Harry was uh, one of the producers and Chris was on was a writer on the show and Tom and Rob of course and a bunch of others Martin Mull uh, Martin Mull was in the show. Yeah. Yes, he was. And um, so they were, you know, I was on the phone with them and we were trying to pitch it because I wasn't on the show. I was just going to do that one piece. So, but we were pitching ideas and I was on the phone and I remember that was one of the ones that came up. No one I, no one can remember who it was who came up with it. But they were all being jotted down in this pitch. So like, you know, in 2004, I got this framed copy of that. Not a copy. It was the actual thing. And it was all these other, you know, Bloodhammer and all these other, you know, names. We were. Jumbo prawns. Jumbo prawns. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. could have been This is Jumbo Prawns. This is Jumbo Prawns. And tell us about your season of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Only if you okay. tell us about yours, Gil. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, have, I've yeah. been trying to well, look, make you know, people forget. I was I did uh, Coneheads, which was, of course, yes. you know, Danny Aykroyd and and, um, and uh, Tom Davis created those characters. And so um, they did this movie and I, I was playing kind of uh, I was playing Gorman Seed, Gorman Seedling, which was a part originally played uh, in a sketch. Kind of it was an immigration guy played by Bill Murray in the, you know, whatever, third season, I guess. Um, but I was the immigration guy in this thing. And, you know, I had kind of a nice time with Lorne and, and, and he, he was looking for someone because he knew that Phil Hartman was leaving the show. So they needed another adult. You know, they had plenty of kids coming up, you know, plenty of younger guys coming up. So they needed someone to be David Spade's dad or to be, <laughs> and to be, to be Clinton. I mean, but, you know, just following Phil Hartman's Clinton is, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever. And I, they said, "Would you do it?" And I said, "Yeah, okay." And it just. No. But you had some tough. good moments. Right. You know, I had a couple of things that I that I liked. I doing. think you're the answer to a trivia question too. Oh, the yeah? first person to join the cast after having been a host. Mm. Is, that, is that not right? In '84. You know what? I think that is right. Yeah, I'm be. definitely the first person to have joined the cast after having been both a host. And a musical guest because Spinal Tap appeared on the right. show in '84. That's right. Yeah. So you hosted during when 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 Harry and right. Chris were there in the Ebersol right. All Star Year. The three of us were offered uh, SNL, but my then wife was newly pregnant. We just got a new house. It was not the time to be leaving LA, so I, I had to pass. So uh, you know, Harry and Chris went off and wound up not speaking to each other for several years. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I love that season, and it's not available on DVD. No. It's only no, on VHS. Some really I had it. Yeah. Really great stuff. Yeah. Now you Good. are also a case. Of one of those people who people already knew, right? Before you came to SNL, yeah. I see. I think the ideal time to do SNL, to start on SNL in in, in the cast, is when you're like 28 and really hungry, you know. And I was 45 and <laughs> not particularly hungry. I kind of I already knew what I did for a living, you know. And I felt like what I was, I was kind of a swingman, you know. I was kind of a guy who would, who could could do some things. And I discovered a few things along the way and it was fun. And I was on t- only 26 shows, but a- as a writer or co-writer, I had 26 sketches on. So I, I really don't have well, 20 sketches on. 
So I don't have a lot of complaints. You know, I, it's, it was it was a lot of fun being paid decent money to be in my hometown and and uh, hang out with some you know funny people. A far better experience than than Gilbert Horrible. had. Horrible. Well, that du- was, was a real Dumanian. Gene Dumanian. Yeah. 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 Following the original right Beatles. The Jeannie original Doom. That's her, her street name is Jeannie Doom. She's, <laughs> she's gone. She's gone very street. Jeannie Doom. I've actually worked with her several times since then. I don't, didn't didn't know her in those days, but I but she's uh, produced a couple of plays that I've done. Tell Michael that story of uh, how you were waiting outside the office. Oh, it's pretty. That's, it's worth it's worth telling him. I mean that that show the season I was on was doomed from the start. Yeah, because we were after the original cast and Lorne Michaels left. Stenny Dillon. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Sure. And you worked with her on Dream On. I did. Yeah. And Charlie. Yeah. Who I worked with in uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Wow! Right. I've worked with everybody. Yeah. I'm the town pump. Let's face it. <laughs> and oh, and Gail Mathias. Yeah, Gail Mathias. Oh, Gail's great. And Risley. And Risley, right? And so I remember. And Biscopo. It, it was that you know we were all in trouble, and they fired uh, Gene Demain. Yeah. And uh, then. Uh, uh, Dick Ebersole comes in and says, okay, we're going to give everyone a week off. And when you come back, we're just going to make some changes here and there. We'll meet you and tell you what it is. And I'm waiting outside his office for my turn to go in. And while I'm killing time out there, they had a desk where they used to dump the fan letters. And I pick up a letter from some girl from Oklahoma or wherever. And she goes... Dear Gilbert, I'm so sorry about what happened to you. <laughs> I love oh, that. Oh, man. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. So <laughs> I was the last to know. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't come to the upfronts tomorrow. I got that once. Ooh. Yeah. I was on a show called Grand, which um, was a series – and it it was uh, it was on right after the Cosby Show, so it was like a perfect hammock. It was like, oh, no way, it's not going to be a hit. We did fine numbers and everything, but it wasn't. We weren't holding the numbers, and you know, so they decided to make some changes. <laughs> and I didn't know about that. And I'm doing a Broadway show at the time, and I'm about to go on. And I talked to my agent, and she said, "Yeah, don't don't go to the upfronts." <laughs> Really? Why not? I thought we were going to do a little piece in it. No, don't, don't, don't go to the upfronts. Why not? Well, you're not going to be on the show anymore. Did you witness something with uh, Norm, with uh, Gilbert's friend uh, Norm McDonald, I did. while you were there? I did. I heard yeah. you tell this story. Well, it was, it was, a, yeah, it was. Do you know um, this, Gil? It's a, a Ian Maxtone Graham. Who is a, a he's a writer? He's, he's written on The Simpsons, and he was on SNL at the time. I, you know, he might still be a writer on The Simpsons. I don't know, but um, he's this big, tall guy, you know. And, and he was uh, he was always in his j- jogging suit. He's always out running and working out and stuff. So he came into the uh, um, the writer's room there, and Norm was smoking a cigarette, you know. And he's not supposed okay. to be smoking indoors at the time, you know. He says, but you know, he says, yeah, Norm just they light up a cigarette. So he's uh, he's um, <laughs> Jay Moore is the only one who does a really great Norm Macdonald. But anyway, 
He's he's smoking a cigarette, and and Ian, you know, said you're not supposed to smoke up here. And Norm said, "Yeah, don't worry about it," or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ian squirts him with a bottle of water, just squirts him in the face with it to put the cigarette out. And Norm took a swing at him, and they went at it, and it was pretty good for a couple of seconds. <laughs> You know, two real tall, kind of gawky guys, you know, swinging away at each other. And Farley broke it up. Farley uh-huh. just stepped in because he was, you know, that was who he was. And, you know, so it was, I wish, it, it, it should have ended with someone going out the window, but it didn't. Yeah. It was an entertaining 26, uh, 26 seconds. 26, ep- yeah, well, 26 episodes, yeah. however many weeks you were there. Yeah, yeah, I had some fun. Was, was uh, Norm screaming or yelling stuff at him while he was punching I don't think so. Yeah. I think it was there was there was pretty physical. I think they were all. I think nothing needed to be spoken. Oh yes. point. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, cocksucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Herb Sargent told me that Norm punched a couple of people out there. I think it happened more than once. Wow. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. heard. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. I mean, <laughs> he is. He is. I think. I think he's fabulous. I think he's very funny, oh, and yes. I think he's a, he's a very smart guy, and he's a very kind of sensitive guy. I mean, he's he's uh, he just did this Larry King interview. It's on Hulu, and he's really kind of wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Well, he teared up at the letter in the the last week of I Letterman. Know. He did well, that, that was it was so moving. That was amazing. Yeah. 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 It was a real moment. Yeah. But I'm going to bring it back to Spinal Tap only because... Okay, I'm going to go out and take a walk. (laughs) (laughs) One of our first guests on this show was Joe Franklin. Yes. You guys famously did the Franklin Show. Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, this is the question I'm sure you've been asked. Did he know we were kidding? Yeah. You know what? I... I, it didn't seem so at the time. Yeah, and we and we showed up. We showed up in wardrobe. It's not like we, you know, we traveled there in our spandex and our wigs right. and stuff, and and uh, played, uh, you know, the the uh, I guess listen to the flower people and played the, the the whole. Version. I remember. Yeah, and um, he was just he treated us like any other <laughs> band who would have been on that show. <laughs> But the thing I mainly so remember, the thing I mainly remember, it was at one point he, he was wearing a, a, a double-breasted brown pinstripe suit, and he at one point he stood up and just to stretch, you know, and I saw that there was a huge just gash in the suit that had been <laughs> stitched together <laughs> b- by a blind person. Apparently, it was just. <laughs> And it just broke my heart. It was so yeah. sweet. Yeah. But I remember Joe Franklin from when I was growing up, you know, oh, my course. whole life. We should say, you're, tell our listeners, you're a local product from, yeah. from Seacliff. I grew up in Seacliff, yeah. It, it was my the strange, it, it's like the show that told you you were staying up too late. Yeah. Well, it was also, though, it was on in the uh, early afternoon when oh. I was a little kid. I first remember Joe Franklin being on in the afternoon. And uh, he would show, you know, some silent stuff, silent comedies, and and uh, some really obscure, like Wheeler and Woolsey. Oh you know, yes, oh guys, yeah, you know, and those were, you know, uh, those were sound. And Charlie Chase, who you never saw anywhere, Charlie Chase was really, really funny. Now I think it was Wheeler and Woolsey. Was that the team where one of them painted on his eyeglasses? Yeah. Bert Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> 
not fooling exactly no one. And I just thought it was just kind of weird that no one in the film with him went, did you, did you paint those Groucho had a painted mustache. Well, that's a little different. All right. It was the same thing. I used to feel, remember the show Jungle Jim? Oh, with yeah. Johnny Weissmuller. Yeah. I kept it waiting for someone to say, yes, Inspector, and this is Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody ever did. What the hell? Now, you said Lorne Michaels got mad at you just once. Yeah. yeah. I, was I was reading backstage. <laughs> I, was I, reading this, I was reading this book about, about um, soccer hooligans. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off it. And it was, it was, I had nothing to do for like 20 minutes, you know. And he just kind of glowered at me, catching up on your reading. And I'm, oh, okay. right. I'm sorry. I just, I, I know, you know, what do you say? It was, I, I did, it was doing it out in the open. It was so stupid. But you know what? I would do anything to keep me away from those craft cervix tables. They were just insane. The, this, the, they would put vats of macaroni and cheese out there, and I was just—I gained so much weight on that show. I went into slimo, and I came out of fatty. You know. You're a you're a big like us a, a silent comedy fan. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you're bringing up people like Charlie Chase. We've had six people, I think, by our count. You know where I'm going who, with this. Who worked with uh, Buster Keaton? We've had six wow. people on this show who worked with. We had Chuck McCann. James Karen. Yeah, James Karen. Jimmy Karen. Yeah. I remember Jimmy Karen. Yes. Nice man. Great guy. And we had, uh, who else? Paul Dooley. Oh, yes, yes. Wow. We had I did Frank, not know that. Oh, we had Frankie was Avalon. Larry Storch. Frankie what? Avalon got some beach pictures. Yes. That's right. Not Storch. I'm trying to remember no, who the other ones were. There was another were. one. Well, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, yes. Well, knew yes. him. Didn't work. Yeah, yeah. We just had Dick Van Dyke on the show last week. Wow. Yeah. How's that's pretty impressive. Ninety, right there. I know. Like, Bless his heart. You know, I don't have to tell you. Sharp is... and totally alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Norman Lear. Yeah, who's ninety four, and you know, I guess we should get Norman Lear. It's pretty I, I don't. I don't think we'll ever get Harry Shearer. <laughs> you don't. Never say never. <laughs> well, you never know. He did the Marin show. I know that. Said some crummy things. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I love this too. You played Carl Lemley in Drunk History. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is stuff Carl. right up our alley, Mike. Yeah, I love Drunk These are the people History. we talk the, about. The head makes of Universal Studios. Yes, the guy who started yeah. Universal, yeah. With all, yeah, that's, I, I, I'm I I love him because I'm just such a fan of the old monster movies. Oh, me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Now, do you, you grew up in L- in New York? In New York, yeah. So, do you remember when the Universal monster movies first started on sh- in Shock Theater? Yes. It was there were Saturday nights at like eleven o'clock, eleven thirty or something? And I I remember there were certain nights or certain channels. Yeah. That would have the universal classic yeah. monster movies, 
And then there were like a million of the other stuff, yeah. like Indestructible Man and yeah, Plan all the, Nine all the, and Sea Pictures. But still, yeah. were also fun. Yeah. Oh no, they were great. Yeah. And Zachary, you remember? Oh Zachary? yes, he's also he's still, still with us. With us. Yeah. Yes. Hanging yeah. on. Yeah. I just I got a I have an autographed uh, T-shirt. Mike Thompson, who was one of the uh, my makeup guys on SNL, was, uh, was friends with uh, Zach, and he got me an autographed T-shirt. A picture of Zachary Leon. It says, to Michael McKeon, good luck in the afterlife. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, he was awesome. And I remember he, Zachary, used to, you know, and it was more tricky back then because it was live. He would jump into the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he'd do it sparingly. Yeah. He'd do it just a couple of times a half half hour. (laughs) And one time was brilliant. It was, uh, I think it was The Raven. Remember with Karloff and Lugosi? Yes, and uh, and Lugosi was playing the organ as villainous people often did in those movies, and he just replaced the music. <laughs> so there was supposed to be this minor key, <laughs> ominous music, but instead it was like. <laughs> It's the, the Raven, the one where he's the twisted surgeon, where he has to, what's yes. the, where he has to, and he messes that, up, he messes up uh, right. Karloff's face, right? Yeah, right. right. And and I think somebody said that they came across a a makeup box, and it there in it was like a round piece of white paper with a black dot in it, and they were saying, "What the hell's this?" And they figured out. That that white piece of paper with the black dot was the Carlos other eye. Oh my god! Wow. Really cool stuff. Yeah, you like the black cat too. I do like the yeah, black cat. It's a good yeah. one. I have this is a makeup relic. I have a mold of um, the one of the ears that uh, Martin Landau wore as Lagosi in. Um, oh you know, wow! In Ed Wood. That's cool. Yeah, I got one of those on my mantle. Yeah. I also have I also have a life mask of Karloff. Oh, see, I don't have a Karloff. I have a Lugosi Lon uh, a Chaney. Cast? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the life mask. Yeah. Lugosi, Lon Chaney Jr., yeah. and Vincent Price. Wow. And also Al Pacino. <laughs> from did you, Al Pacino makes <laughs> you know. Did you where'd you come across these? Uh I I've got them uh three of oh i i from like makeup people yeah all have these yeah there was this outfit up in uh, in nyack that i had to get a, a prosthetic thing for a mangled arm i did for a tv show and i had they had like jimmy Durante and they had all these people on the wall and everything and i said there was a Karloff there i said oh my god that's great. oh yeah so we'll send you one so oh, they, yes. they mailed me one i so. love that you both have horror icon life masks <laughs> <laughs> on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> I got two of me. I got one from a Star Trek I did and one that's just my regular face uh, that was cast for um, the Adam Sandler movie, the um, Little Nicky, because they had to do a special effects thing for my face. So They <laughs> did one of me and I never got a copy Well, maybe of you can yeah. take, contact them and see if yeah. it's still lying around someplace. I'm sure, like, all these makeup men seem to... Have the same ones. If right. they don't have it, they could get. They it. get a copy. Yeah. Well, sure. They just you know took a little melage and make a, make a copy of that one. Yeah. We had Sarah Karloff on this show. Really. We had Bella Junior. Wow. Bela Junior. Bela Junior. Yeah. And we had Lon Chaney Junior's grandson. We had Ron Chaney. Ron Chaney. Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah. 
And I've heard you tell that story, the wonderful story of, of the drunk Lon Chaney Jr. on live, on live television. Oh, yeah, yeah. This I have to hear. Well, <clears throat> apparently he um, he was doing Frankenstein. He was playing the Frankenstein monster. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, know this. Story. You know yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And he thought he was still – he thought it was still – he'd been drinking since early, early in the morning. And he thought it was still the dress rehearsal. So instead of picking up the table and throwing it, he would pick it up a little bit and say – so I pick up the table, and throw it. But instead of throwing it, he puts it down. So it was basically he was feng shuiing the, the the lab instead of destroying it while it was on while the cameras were rolling. Apparently, speaking yeah. of Vincent Price, since you guys brought him up, you wanna, oh jeez, you want to do something silly? I'll try. I haven't done him in a while. You both. Uh... Gilbert does a wonderful Vincent Price, which yes. he's done on the show numerous there's, there's times. Such a goal mm. for. <laughs> and. <laughs> Michael did a wonderful Vincent Price on SNL and in other places, and I thought you guys could each take a section of this. Okay. Sure. Go. So, Gilbert, okay. you, want to, you want to do the one that's Mark G? If it's really okay. good, I'm not going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's you can the, do the way second. I feel. He's pretty good. You All can right. do the second, uh, okay. the second paragraph. The tingler exists in every human being. We now know. Look at the tingler, Dave. It's an ugly and dangerous thing. Ugly because it's the creation of man's fear. A dangerous because a frightened man is dangerous. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just a word of warning. If any of you are not convinced that you have a tingler of your own, the next time you're frightened in the dark, don't scream. Now, both of us. <laughs> Thank you. Do the, now do it together. Ladies, Ladies and, and gentlemen, gentlemen do, please not do not panic, panic but scream. Scream for, for your, your lives. lives. <laughs> That's like the old, the first Beatles records where they were double tracked in unison. <laughs> I love it. Have you? I I've met Vincent Price like twice. I never met yeah. him. Wow. I, uh, I I I I saw him in a couple of restaurants in L.A. and oh, yeah. almost went up to him, but then said no. Yeah. But I remember your impression, and you kept referencing my wife, the actress Coral. Coral, Coral my Brown. wife, the actress Coral Brown. <laughs> I actually saw an interview with him, or, or some kind of it was a, maybe it was a, a pledge break or something uh-huh. on PBS. And he said that at least twice. Right. Well, you did a, the, one of the sketches you did on SNL was a pledge break. That's a yeah. pledge-a-thon or something? Yes. With, with, that's where I first saw you do it. Dead man's beans. Yeah. It's a recipe. <laughs> I was reading a recipe. That's right. We had Victoria Price on here, too, on the really? show. Yeah. Yeah, she's very sweet. That's cool. I, I remember. And she's forthcoming about, you know, his, oh, his, his sexuality his, uh, and other things. Yeah. Picadillos. Hey. You know what? Not, we're, all not, grown, we're all grown-ups here. Not, not that anybody... I think was ever really totally see it was weird back then uh gay was either eccentric or sinister yeah 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 I think you're right just like you know Paul Lynn was eccentric <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> to say the yeah, least yeah. yeah he wasn't gay he was just like or Charles Nelson Riley eccentric yeah yeah, yeah I guess so yeah yeah 
I just I used to you know in in Laura for example, which is a you know terrific movie. Yeah. And here's this guy who's the kind of the interloper. You know, he's the kind of he's the ladies man. And it was like, mm, yes. Okay. All right. I I remember in Laura, that's where and Clifton Webb, who was also. Yes. Well, I was just going to say yes. Clifton Webb too. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like oh, the, perfect. Yeah. So Laura was kind of a you know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in it was gay. Yeah. But they not supposed to be. Yeah. I I remember it, Laura. That's where they said uh, to Vincent Price, oh, do you know a lot about art? And he goes, I don't know a lot about anything, but I know a little about practically everything. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. yep. Now, I've heard you say that that you never found Vincent Price scary. You found Peter Laurie scary. But you never thought... Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Peter Laurie is scary in M., Yes. And that's oh, like, God, the, yes. Oh, that's a seriously creepy movie. Yes. And that made him a star. Yeah. You know, that was kind of, it was interesting. It was like Peter Lorre and Richard Widmark became a star from a, a, a role that was really sinister. Oh, The Kiss of Death. The Kiss of Death, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't you can't top kicking an old lady, a crippled old lady oh, down yes. the stairs no. in a wheelchair. No. And he had that, like, crazy laugh. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Just really and, and I think that's where Frank <clears throat> Gorshin got the Riddler laugh from. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, definitely. Now, the minute I said you uh, that Michael McKeon was going to be on the show, in, inevitably, yeah. everyone— I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> Be careful, Michael. Be afraid. <laughs> He's already breaking we himself up. To, we have to address the He elephant. never worked with Danny Thomas, so no, don't go no. there. <laughs> don't even bother. <laughs> I was in a car with Tom Leopold yeah. when Gary Goodrow... Does that name ring any bell? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Is it National Lampoon? Lampoon. Yeah, he was with Gary in, Goodrow. Lemmings. Yeah. yeah. But he was also with the committee, Second City. Right, right. Living living theater, and he took uh, saxophone lessons from Charlie Parker. So the guy wow. really got around. He was the one we first heard that from. <laughs> and Tom Leopold, Tom Leopold, I've never heard. I mean, he he, yeah. he can when he gets lost in a laugh. Oh yes, he was gone. He was gone for a half an hour. He couldn't. He was inconsolable. He was laughing so hard. Yeah, <laughs> I've had hour long conversations with Tom Leopold on that subject. <laughs> it's, it's an inexhaustible. Topic for him. And, and then I heard a story that someone asked Milton Berle about, uh, about, about Danny, Danny Thomas. Yeah, and, and Milton Berle got serious and said, Ah, yeah, Danny, Danny was a Jekyll and Hyde. Wow. <laughs> wow. Where were, you, where were you going with this well, before I, I stopped? Well, I never shit on Danny Thomas. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Did you ever throw that. orange wedges at Cesar Romero's naked ass? Have you no. heard this one? <laughs> Not, no, I haven't. Oh, yeah. according, to, according to every show <laughs> I apologize, done, Michael. I tell <laughs> when you say Cesar. every show. <laughs> every one of like, them. Meet, the, meet the press, <laughs> yeah. for example. Or, <laughs> the McNeil <laughs> Lehrer. <laughs> This just in. <laughs> Caesar. <laughs> Caesar Romero. 
He, in case any of our listeners yeah. haven't heard me say <laughs> 72 this. times. Cesar Romero, you know, he also Latin lover on yeah, yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, he was gay in real life. Yeah. And his thing <laughs> was he'd <laughs> gather up a bunch of uh, young boy toys and then <laughs> he'd pull down his pants and underwear and bend over and they'd have to throw orange wedges at his ass. <laughs> Some say tangerine wedges. That's oh, the only that's argument. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Some say tangelos. Yeah, see, see that's the only Some argument. Yeah. It was Some citrus for, was flung at his ass. Well, I guess that's a kind of a beautiful story. But I, I, that's not, I've not heard that before. <laughs> no. Now, he's asked at least three guests that we've had that work with Cesar Romero. He asked Julie Newmar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes, he Merriweather, bless her heart. Adam West. And Adam West. I think you're asking the wrong people. I really do. I think Roddy McDowell could have told you. Oh, he would have been a good one. Or Victor Bono, perhaps, yeah. Or David Wayne. Or Vincent Price. For God's sake, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Egghead. (laughs) The guy who did my makeup on Laverne and Shirley did... uh, uh, Cesar Romero's uh, Joker, <laughs> Joker makeup. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. He did. No, he and he he did a lot of the a lot of the Batman stuff. Did he mention? Didn't mention the orange. orange. <laughs> <laughs> he always smelled so fresh, almost a citrus kind of uh, kind of scent. I just assumed it was. Is it true? His nickname they used to call him Mister Tropicana. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, this... He had his tattooed on his ass from concentrate. <laughs> you see, it's so easy. Oh, a couple of things to ask you about here, Mike, as, right. we're, as we're winding down. Uh, no, no, here's what he's I got. Want he's to got ask. something in his. Okay, go ahead. Uh, you know, naturally. Yeah. We to we can't avoid the inevitable. <laughs> Everyone. Said, of course, can you and Michael McKeon sing a duet of Just Walk Away Renee? <laughs> Walk Away Renee? Yeah. The, uh, I, I, I didn't do the vocals on yeah. that. On that uh, Were you in the, in the left was, bank when I they w- recorded that? Or? Yes oh. and no. It was, I, yes with an asterisk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The band, the original band, uh, the original band kind of fell apart after their first album, which kind of tanked. And then suddenly they had a hit single and they re-released the album, but the band wasn't getting along. And Mike Brown, who was the author of, of uh, Walk Away Renee, co-author, and he wrote Pretty Ballerina, which was their other, other you know, top 20 hit. Um, he tried to assemble a, 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 another, uh, put together another band. It was a guy named Bert Summer on bass and vocals. He had a kind of a tenor voice similar to uh, – he's a much better singer than Steve Martin, who was the, the – uh, not that Steve Martin, the lead singer of, uh, of the original uh, Left Bank. And a guy named Warren Shearhorst who had played drums on some of the uh, original tracks. And so we put together this, this new version and I was 19 – and we rehearsed, and we were about to do some gigs, and then Mike Brown had a big falling out with his father, who was also our manager. And so we never actually did anything. We released one, we, they released one single while we were together, but it was all session guys. Um, it was Bert singing lead, 
and Mike on keyboards, but everybody else was a session guy. I wasn't much of a guitar player at the time. Well, would you so, be willing to try it now? Sure. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay. It's an E flat originally, but it yeah. doesn't have That means here. nothing to him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously mm. never. And, and. And when I see the sign that points, points one, one way, <laughs> the, lot the lot we used to pass by every day, just walk away, Renee, you won't see me. I'm trying to do harmony, but <laughs> not possible. Forget it. I need a melody. <laughs> you back home. The empty sidewalks on my block are not the same. You're not to blame. See, I'm just I'm I'm playing my guitar part with my voice. It's it's uh, it's all wrong. I say we don't go on. <laughs> it, can, it can only get worse. Your name is. You know who should cover this song? Rufus Wainwright. Oh, wouldn't he be amazing? Oh, my God. That'd be great. I've known Rufus since he was months old. Because you met Loudon at, Loudon uh, at, at college. Old, old See, because I have yeah. to sing yeah. in each show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my friends. He sings on every show. <laughs> All right. You got some instruments out there. Yeah. Right there's there. one There's yeah. one there they've prepared for you. Would yeah. we be putting you on, on, a, on a spot? And, uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I haven't huh? taken my Advil today. I got a little arthritis. But, really? You know. Now, this is something I found a surprise. You're married to the actress Annette O'Toole? The sure actress. is. My wife, the, the actress, actress Annette O'Toole. Annette O'Toole. I am. Yes, we've been married 16 years. Yeah. Yep. Because I, what I, why I remember Annette O'Toole is she showed her tits in Cat People. Yes, she did. Great, great scene. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I was very, very... It, tell her. It was impre- it's impressive. When you talk to your wife, please thank her for me. Okay. <laughs> She's been thanked for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I like her in Cross My Heart with uh, Martin Short. With Marty Short? Yeah. Did she show her tits? No. 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 Marty did. In, 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 in Cat People, she... Uh, great, great, great. Yeah. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Still gorgeous. She is now playing a man in a show called Southern Comfort. It's a musical. It's down at the public. Wow. They open officially on the 8th. They're in previews right now, and they're sold out. So, uh, But it's this amazing. It's a, it's a very remarkable uh, musical. They've been workshopping it for five years. So they got their big New York shot now. Good for it's, her. Yeah, What's it called? Give awesome. us, give us Southern Comfort. Southern Comfort yeah. at the public. Yeah, it's okay. Doing a little research, I didn't know that she had been acting so long, that she had been in, in stuff in the 70s, that she was in the Partridge Family. And she was. Partridge was it the Virginian? Family? and My Three Sons? Yeah. Did you know that? Did, Gilbert? She'd been, oh, she'd been, see, over, that she'd been doing it that Gunsmoke? long. Gunsmoke? Gunsmoke, yeah. It was her first TV thing was a Gunsmoke when Pretty she was cool. 18. Yeah. And then wasn't she in one of the incarnations of Superman? Yeah, she was. Uh, she was Lois Lane. No, no, she was, excuse me, Lana Lang right. in Superman 3. And uh, then she was on Smallville as Martha Kent, so, uh, you know, oh, the Clark's, Clark's uh, mother. Mom, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was Perry White on that show. I remember. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just did a couple of, couple of episodes. And, but it's nepotism. You, they, they never had you say Great Caesar's Ghost. You know, I think, no. They had another character do it, and I kind of react to it. Because it's like, it's the nascent uh, Perry White's. Before he's the editor of the of the planet, 
he's this kind of uh, investigative reporter. Before he was the blustery yeah, Perry right, White. Yeah. yeah, But that was a fun show to do. It was up in Vancouver, which you, is a nice town. You, you want to tell us, uh, <clears throat> Gilbert, did you know that Michael was in the Sunshine Boys remake with Peter oh, Falk and Woody on. Allen? Oh, my God. I yeah. saw that. I, it's, I've never seen it, and I, I don't intend to. I hear it's pretty dire. I I remember watching that on TV, and I thought, <clears throat> Woody Allen and Peter Falk, this has to be great. And I remember, first of all, it seemed like Peter Falk and Woody Allen were in two different productions. That's very true. That's very true. Like, Peter Falk <clears throat> was doing, like, like this, like, 90-year-old Jewish man. Mm-hmm. And Woody Allen was Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I just worked one day on that show, and, and they were two very, very different people. You know, I, I had a lot of fun with Peter, and Woody was just kind of by himself. You know, he just kind of liked getting through it, and he didn't socialize really. And and I worked with uh, I worked with Woody a couple of times years later. You know, and it, it kind of depends on what he's doing. I think I did a film with him, and he was great. And I did a play with him that he wrote and directed, and he wasn't it, it wasn't his element. You know, he likes being the film director. He likes being the guy making the movie. You know, and. He was really fun then, you know, but I don't know. It's just you, you, your 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 sphere will tell a lot about you, I think. Yeah. But Peter that, was great. Peter was like a super yeah, guy. But it it seemed like the two of them were in two totally different productions. It's very very true. And didn't they have a, didn't they give the Richard Benjamin character a sex change? Wasn't it Sarah Jessica Sarah Parker? Sarah Jessica Parker. That's right. right. How that's strange. Right. I know. Yeah. And, uh, you, do you have any stories? Anything about working with Busey? You were <laughs> you were. <laughs> Another a, guest yeah. on our podcast. And you do a pretty good did, Busey impression. Yeah, I did. I, when I did it on SNL, the next day, it was the next, you know, the Sunday after I had done the show, I ran into him in the airport. And he said, I hear you did me on SNL last night. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, because I'm, you know, I didn't know how he was going to react. Right, exactly. I had worked with him before, you know, and in this this movie. And uh, he said, I didn't see my manager said it's really funny, though. So we'd run into each other. And my, my uh, Annette, uh, you know, who I wasn't with at that time, but she she worked with him years before, too, you know. We had him on here. He's yeah, he's a character. He's a strange, oh, strange yes. cat. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> a- any stories about, uh, about Clue or Radioland murders? Two movies um, I actually I like. They're, yeah, they're I've, sort of maligned. I've never seen all of uh, Radioland. Clue I'm very fond of. Yeah, it's and we fun. did have a lot of fun. We had some really funny lunches and a great cast with yeah Martin Mull and and uh, and Tim Curry and and uh, Eileen Brannon and Madeline Kahn and and Chris Lloyd and it was just everyone was a little bit nuts, you know. And we just had a lot of fun. Co-written by John Landis, which I don't think co-written a lot of by John know. Landis. The original pitch um, was by John Cleese. Really? Who was going to play the butler. This I didn't know. Yeah. And I don't think they used any of his material because they did a total rewrite when um, when John Lynn came aboard, Jonathan Lynn, the director. Right. And it was his first film. And we've stayed close. And I, he directed me in a, in a play um, a couple of years ago in L.A. And he was baffled. He was baffled when it was a flop. And now he's really baffled that it's the movie he's most well known for. Because <laughs> people love Clue. People who yeah, grew I think up with a... it just really love it. Yeah. And and it is. It's a really sweet 
kind of goofball movie. The reviews were decidedly mixed at the time, but it's, yeah. I think it's, it's, its reputation has grown over the years. Yeah, it didn't get much much in the way of critical. Also, I think the original idea was to release it with three different endings, and you never knew which ending you were going to get. Right. And it made people very cynical about it. People, they're responsible, how good is this movie going to be if it could end three different ways? So finally, for the home video, they released it with, well, maybe that's how it happened. Maybe this is how it happened. Maybe And they so they released three endings. There was a fourth ending, which they never even cut because it was kind of a big mess. Mm-hmm. But I'm the only one who was never guilty. I was Mr. The only, Green. Uh, Mr. Oh. Green was the only one who never committed any murders. Here's one question about Spinal Tap that will get Gilbert interested in it. <laughs> Which was this I'm not going to give it up, Michael. Okay. Were the drummers named with the Stooges in mind? Yes, of course. There you go. Well, they become huh. it became uh, we just thought of Stumpy as a funny nickname for the guy and then his replacement we said, how about Stumpy Joe. <laughs> Stumpy Joe. <laughs> and then the drummers keep dying to yeah. see Gilbert and it's the a last, runner. The last one was Joe Mama Besser. <laughs> Well, I knew that Joe Mama Besser was... (laughs) Joe Mama Besser played by Fred Asparagus. (laughs) That was his name. There's a real guy, Fred Asparagus? Who was also in Three Amigos. Really? Yeah. I don't lie. This is good stuff. Because I don't need to. (laughs) (laughs) The shit I actually know is weird enough. I don't have to make stuff up. (laughs) Uh, Gil, any other questions for this man? Uh, Yeah. What about Cannonball Adderley, you can ask me? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. This, is, this is from Tom Leopold, yeah. who wrote me today, and he said, Ask Mike, <clears throat> excuse me, about Cannonball Adderley's Maylocks. Yes. And he wants to he wants you to respond to uh, the square, square world of Dick Conti. <laughs> <laughs> well, to take care of that, the square, square world of Dick Conti was a comedy album I had. It was um, it was recorded live. Oh, I, I used to be able to remember the name of the club. It was like Estelle's or something like that in Cairo, Indiana, uh, Cairo, Illinois. And he was just this really kind of just average comic. Not the worst you ever heard, not the best. So in the drugstore, I buy this rat poison. I say, how to use this? He says, you put it next to the rat's hole. I said, look, if he had his back turned, I'd strangle the son of a bitch. It was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I came great. home. I said, "I said, honey, let's go out. Grab a shovel and powder up." I mean, it was that, that level of stuff. <laughs> so that's that's uh, yeah, that's Dick Conti. But um, yeah. sort of like Jack Carter or uh, who is like, yeah, like yeah, an, very like much. an amalgam of uh, very much, very much. Yeah. We almost had ordinary. Jack Carter. We almost had him. Oh, he died well, as after yeah. we booked him. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was a character boy. So, uh, but anyway, Cannibal Adderley, we, we were playing at the Summerfest in 1975 <laughs> when it was the combined Ace Truck and Company, Company Incredibility app that I told you about before. And um, we were on the bill, uh, you know, the bill of the whole fair with Chuck Berry, Ella Fitzgerald, Cannonball Adderley. And we were over in the, you know, the who cares tent, you know, was, we were doing <laughs> right. our, our thing. Right. But it was like a really kind of an interesting thing. So we run into Cannonball there and, uh, you know, hey, man, how you doing? Um, oh, my, my stomach is really killing me. I must have drunk about a gallon of Maalox. <laughs> I'm going to go lie down. And he laid down. He went into a coma and he didn't come out of it. Wow. It was like 
days later, he was he was gone. Yeah, so we had a very late conversation with Cannibal Annerly. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's what he came up with. I said, I said we have Michael McKean on the show. Come, give me something from, because you guys have known each other, what, 40 years? Yeah. 45 years? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's what he came up with. Yeah. Now, Bless I just him. thought of another team that uh, is forgotten. Yeah. The Times Square 2. Peter Ebling. Wow. And I don't remember the other guy's actual name, but they went by the name of... Uh, uh, Mycroft partner and Andrew I, and they would introduce each other as my partner and I. Oh, <laughs> Times Square too. They're Forever. very funny act. And yeah. Peter, I see Peter occasionally. I mean, he's, he's They're still, still around. around. I, I, Mycroft left the business a long time. That wasn't his real name. Yeah, I forget what his real name is. How about the Stewed Prunes? Oh, Stewed Prunes, I don't remember. Richard as Libertini, well. who just yeah. passed away. Oh yeah, we wanted him for the oh, show. Man. Yeah, he was an awesome guy. Just loved him. And McIntyre um, Dixon. I remember they had a duo. Dixon. They had a duo called Stewed Prunes, and they were just hilarious. There was just that free form, very nonverbal. You know, just kind of, you know, strange little I pieces. If you could find thing. any of this stuff, if it exists in in any form, maybe Stewed Prunes were actually in a movie called. Fire Sale. I know the movie. Yeah. Robert Klein. They were the wrote, painters. Where's Papa? They were the painters. Okay. Well, Libertini's in that. That's He's, yeah. one, he's one of the painters. Yeah. And, and uh, McIntyre's is the other one. That's right. Yeah. That's Directed a, by Alan Arkin. Yes. That movie, while being uneven, has a hell of a it's lot of funny stuff, funny stuff in it. And, gra- and Vincent Gardinia. And, Great. Yeah. And, and uh, Rob Reiner. And Rob Reiner mm-hmm. and everybody. You ever, you ever see Fire Sale? Written, uh, written were, by a guy. Were you in it? No. Oh, then I must have seen it. <laughs> It's good to have principles, isn't it, Gilbert? I can't believe you brought that movie up. In fact, it's one of my favorite films. I have a copy signed by the entire... In fact, I didn't, wasn't in the film, but there's billing. It says, not Michael McKeon, which is what got, that's what got Gilbert into the, into the theater. Obviously, here's a team, a comedy team for both of you guys yes. that was that was perhaps not as as uh, as obscure. Patchett and Tarsus, sure. Radio, yeah. Remember, oh, yes. remember Patchett and Tarsus, yes. and then Jay Tarsus became Jay Tarsus. Created, created Molly Dodd and yeah, slap, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, slap yeah. Matt, Buffalo Bill and yeah, all oh, kinds of wonderful that was a television. Show, wasn't it? A terrific show, it was a great show, terrific show. Those. And you worked with Dabney Coleman, oh, Drabbers, yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. 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 I'm trying to get him to, to come on here and talk to us. He's a surly bastard. <laughs> That's what I hear. He's great. That's He's what I hear. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Before we let you go, talk about just tell, tell us a little bit about Chuck McGill. Yeah, it's this character I play on Better Call Saul, and he's uh, a very, very brilliant lawyer who is um, being squeezed out of the real world because of an affliction. He has a a hypersensitivity to electromagnetic fields, and uh, so he doesn't go out of the house, and he can't stand to be around electronics and everything, and uh, so he's had to retreat from the world we all live in. You're getting great notices I, for yeah, it. People are liking the show. I mean, they, they hate my character because he's a prick. I mean, there's no reason to hate somebody. <laughs> Come on. We might be about to elect one. So. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good show, and uh, I get to work with Vince uh, Gilligan, who I worked with on X Files right, right. years ago, and uh, Bob Odenkirk, who is one of my favorite people, and Ray Seahorn, who is brilliant, 
and Jonathan Banks, who is the badass's badass. Another another terrific. Yeah, heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we have a great time. We we shoot out in in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they have at least two great thunderstorms a week. It's my favorite thing about Albuquerque. Just gorgeous skies. Just go, they go all I Joshua Light time. Show. It's nice, yeah. it's fabulous. It's nice. And yeah. for the record, yeah, I've never seen an episode of Just Call Saul. Better Call Better Saul. Saul. Better Call Saul. No. I, you I, 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 I don't even know the You title. can watch Just Call Saul because I'm not in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of questions, Michael, okay. unless you want to I'm say something about Joyce Boulefont. <laughs> I, I said she had a, hel- That's it. a hair helmet. Yeah, Man, that wasn't yeah. very nice. Yeah. She was, she's she was around. Nice. She was very nice. I yeah. just I made fun of her on the Letterman show because <laughs> I had never been on the Letterman show before. <laughs> Anyway. Thanks for doing this and putting up sure, with us. Sure, my pleasure. Okay. And our nonsense. So this has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host, Frank Santopadre at Nutmeg Studios with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. And we've had Thank a man you, who I've never seen in anything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the very low-profile Michael McKeon. <laughs> You're one of those guys we could talk to for hours and hours, but okay. we barely scratch the surface. Well, thank you, guys. Everything a lot of you're, fun. you're into. Okay. So we'll see you again. Next Thanks, time we'll buddy. talk about Max Swain. Max oh. Swain. Oh, <laughs> or my Dwight God. Fry. I tried to drop his name as a gag once in front of a huge audience, and they went, crickets, crickets. Thought you, thought you said Max. They thought you, they didn't know it was Max. They didn't. Max Wayne. Max I don't know Wayne. What, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I thought it was going to be hilarious. Oh, okay, last thing. <laughs> All right. Gil, Gilbert brought up an actor on this show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, I have some hope that you might be one of the few people who would know who this was. Okay. You want to pull it out? Oh, was this uh, Skelton Nags or Knags? Do you know this guy? If we showed you his face, you would. <laughs> Give him All a hint. Right. He was, uh, oh, he was just a really ugly-looking guy. Uh, real creepy, bad skin. And he played, was in a pirate movie. Uh, he may have been. He, uh, he, that's something he I would I think be. I do. He I was think in it... at least two Frankenstein movies as oh. an angry villager. Oh. He made Jack Elam look like Tyrone Power. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I think I actually, I think I know who you're talking about. I think I... Saw him, and he had a couple of lines in a pirate movie in, like, Captain Blood oh, or something. Sure. We're going to yeah. show them to you. And I had to, I had to look him up. I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> You'll have to come back, and we'll just talk about okay. old horror films. Let's yeah. do it. And old character actors. The deal. Okay, man. Thank okay. you. Just anything as long as you earn in it. <laughs> okay. And I'll, I'll be willing to talk. <laughs> I was in none of the old Universal <laughs> horror pictures. We'll talk that's, about those forever. That's why I love them so <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Okay, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gil.